This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the family with our special guest. White cap. Thank, thank you so much. I, I didn't know if I was supposed to. <laughs> JB. Brand Simon. Andy Rambert. And Cassie Schrader. Why do you do that? What? <laughs> Brand Simon. Brand Simon. It'll pick you up. It'll pick up your voice. <laughs> yeah, we got you covered. We'll be right back. Kick things off with Mike Kaplan here with the family. It's time for Team KQ Walzer's third annual Tour de Cure ride. Join me, Doug Sprinthal. Michael Bryant, and a ragtag group of riders as we raise money to fight diabetes. This year, the ride is Saturday, June 1st, and starts at Boom Island. We take the 26-mile route. It's a ride, not a race, so people of all abilities are welcome. It's a worthy cause that raises millions to support research for a cure for this terrible disease. Go to diabetes.org slash kqwalzer or email doug at walzer.com for more information. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. And it's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Little Rolling Stones kick things off. That's not all bad. Mike Kaplan in studio, ladies and gentlemen. He is at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. I have a question for you about that music right there, that that group. Mm-hmm. What did they have to do with, what's the song they just released the rights to? They had nothing to do with the song. Oh. Oh, God, what's the name of that Why song? Oh, Bittersweet Symphony? Bittersweet Symphony, yeah. yeah. 
I, oh, from... I don't um, know what that's about. Yeah. I, re- I remember years ago, Bittersweet Symphony, they got sued because it was too similar to a, to one Rolling Stone song. Oh, oh yeah. that's what it's all about. Yes. Uh, Let me look that up. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, what, what would that be? I don't remember what yeah. song it was, and but... And you play yeah. Bittersweet Symphony, or are you actually I can play it because I actually have it on my playlist because I like the song. Yeah. It is a good song. I actually own the rights to that now, so you can't do that. But <laughs> yeah. They released it, and I just gathered it right up. <laughs> Uh, Tom, yeah, the verb. The verb. The verb. Yeah, the yeah, verb. Yeah, the, um, here it is. Tom, there's a lawyer on the phone from Kaplan and Kaplan. He <laughs> wants you to know that if you play that. Oh, yeah. Boy, this has Rolling Stones written on <laughs> Yeah, <all> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, let me kind of. Yeah. I hope this song's really good. What is this, Wild Horses? I'm trying to figure out yes. what song it would be. Yeah, yeah. So far, uh, I got no Bittersweet Symphony Lawsuit. Here we go. Yeah. Now they finally really... I don't really hear what this song this might be. It, it must say in the yeah. lawsuit. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah, let me know what song that might be. Because did you see the settlement, though? It's really... As they used to say, left-handed, but uh, they gave they gave back all the rights to the man who wrote the song. They gave back all the rights to profits from this day forward. Of course, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so now well, it was a hit. Whenever Bittersweet Symphony plays, starting now. <laughs> starting now, he's I mean, got a nickel. Yeah, he just oh, got they, a nickel. They sampled it from a song called "The Last Time" from the Rolling Stones. I don't hear that. Yeah, that's Bittersweet Symphony right there. It's a Bittersweet Symphony. It's a Bittersweet Symphony. I think that makes sense. I will tell, when I go to, when I die, I'll go to God and say, I got Mike Kaplan to sing. What do you think of that? I've, I mean, I think it'll be, I've actually been a musician my whole life, so. I started violin when I was four. Are you good? Uh, I mean, you start at four and you 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 learn it like a language. My parents were both yeah. music teachers, so oh, that okay. my mom really wanted me to love it, and I didn't for a long time oh, because I, it was sort of uh, foist upon me, like yeah. like religion is for yeah. some people. Like right. every Saturday, I would go and have like a day full of like lessons and theory classes oh, and yeah. orchestras, yeah. and so. Eventually, I taught myself guitar in high school, and I loved that because I didn't have to do it. So that's yeah, right. that was what. But now it enabled. You know, my mom helped me like carve these grooves into like uh, my my being. That then I could now. It was easy to play the guitar once you you know had twelve years of violin. Uh, forced upon you. You still play violin? Uh, I have. I still have my violin, and I play for fun once in a while. But I play guitar more now. Still play the violin, though, damn it. Y- yes, I still play the violin. That's correct. I, ha- I have a violin. I played violin in school. I love the vi- I love the violin. The violin or the fiddle? No, I love the violin. Not, okay. I don't like the fiddle. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's not my kind uh, of deal Bring ding a ding ding a bittersweet symphony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, We've got a fun a fun game to play the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll stop doing it until we forget. Yeah, yeah. No, when you if you get a violin solo that is mournfully sad, it make a grown man weep. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Amazingly beautiful. What'd you find out? Well, I have, I have uh, the oh, you have the, the last, last time. time, and I don't know how. This they're... could be the last time. Here, I'll play it. Time, but this could if... be the last time. 
Yeah, same exact song. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, I did see kind of the melody in the sound. Well, listen, yeah. Oh, yeah. I shot the sheriff by the Bobby Fuller Four. <laughs> yeah, the melody is similar. Just the melody, but yeah. it's not. Just the only, the main important part of the song, the melody. Yeah. <laughs> only the melody. But it's not like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star suing the ABCs, because it's the same song. It's just different words. I mean, it, I don't know. I think some of it's just, they, they reach, they reach way too far for these it music lawsuits. It is strange how often people cover, well, not cover, because they get, uh, steal the sample Sampling, it's like well, sometimes it's, it's okay and sometimes career. it's not okay. It doesn't, it's weird. My favorite of all those, of all of them, is, uh, <laughs> what the hell is his name? Uh, Vanilla Ice. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he said, no, mine doesn't, it go, mine doesn't go do, 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 do. Mine goes do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's a flat out, I mean, to the note. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that I love that uh, Under Pressure is such a beautiful song. Beautiful. Oh, See, man. And, and Vanilla Ice <laughs> is such a, it's a different, I mean, it's different. It's I think I think that's the argument that Vanilla Ice should have made is like, Under Pressure is so beautiful, and my song is <laughs> not like that. <laughs> that's right. yeah. See, yeah. I yeah. can make yeah. a point to you right it, now. It doesn't make anyone feel the emotions <laughs> that that original song felt. How could it be the same? I'm empty. <laughs> I got very lucky. Coming up this fall, I'm going to host a I'm going to host a Sunday morning show uh-huh. called Tom's Turntable. Oh, and I get to go through all these kinds of songs and you know do comparisons and play songs that people haven't heard in a long time. And I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds great. Well, I oh, have, it should be wonderful. I have Vanilla and Ice's explanation. Oh, okay. oh you got it. <laughs> oh, on Vanilla. Why don't you go re- rehab a home? Understand rap music. They say, well, he borrows this or steals this. Rap music, every major rap artist in the world samples music, you know? And that's all I did is sample it. If my record 10 years from now went number one, I would say, yo, give me a piece of that, you know? That's all, I mean, and I don't blame them at all. And uh, especially if it sells 5 million copies. But see, the reason why you don't hear as much controversy going on with other rap groups sampling and stuff is because a good rap record in the United States just goes gold. I mean, that's a good rap. That's a lot for a rap, one rap record. You know, it's yeah, gold. Oh God, platinum. He thinks like he's it. sounding you intelligent. records a lot for rap. And I sold five platinum. So, you know, it's, it's like they're going to definitely come and get me but for somebody that goes gold it's not even worth their time to go get a lawyer and pay for the lawyer and everything just for a gold record what a, what an interesting legal argument it's <laughs> <laughs> like obviously they're going after me because i stole a lot of money like if somebody steals 25 cents that is against the law as well that's a great argument though somebody should just go hang him off a balcony oh this oh this is it right here I wrote it, produced it. It's Vanilla Ice. Oh, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, oh, he didn't because at yeah. one point he goes do do do. Yeah, he's like doo-doo. yeah. The original was like do 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 do. Mine goes do 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 do. No, it's the same song, but I think eventually he admitted that he did sample it. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, every sample. time you hear the opening 
part of that song, you literally stop. Mm-hmm. Which one is collaborate and listen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, is Ice back? Collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> it was a brand new invention. Yeah. You literally stop to figure out which song it is. Exactly. And then you move. Then you move on at that point. You know what I really like about guys like Vanilla Ice is he would like be talking to, to us and be going, yeah, you know, we got a new song coming out. It's going to be really great. And I'll, oh, wait a minute, I got to go do an interview. Well, God damn. <laughs> You got your fake voice that you got to go. Well, uh, and then whatever. his real name is so. Yeah, I agree with you, Tom. Still... And everyone, come see me at Acme this weekend, please. What is this? The Rip Van Winkle? Something like that. Rob Van Robert Van, Van Winkle. I Rob Van Winkle. That's what it is. I knew. It was, I knew it was Van Winkle. Can't get more inner city than that. <laughs> is Rapunzel with you? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, man. <laughs> Anyway, now that we've ruined your life, Mike. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I don't know how exactly, but yeah, it feels ruined. (laughs) Is it supposed to stop raining now uh, today? Actually, you know, it's good for you guys when you come to town. Oh, yeah. That's what I hear. If it's nice weather, people want to enjoy it because it's so rare. It's so rare that people don't want to come indoors. Happy to have this authentic uh, (laughs) summertime (laughs) Minneapolis flavor. And he did do the the quotes. Oh, yes. The air quotes. Because summertime... (laughs) Yeah, it's not supposed to get nice all year, they said. I am. Oh, that sounds right. That's that's 2019 for you. Yeah. Yeah, it pretty much is. So I, I just, I don't know. I just sit back and I watch everybody else and I go, oh, I thought you said it was going to be like 20 degrees hotter on Earth. What happened? Where's our heat? You can start here. Yeah, I, th- I think it's mainly uh, our future generations that will be the most uh, ruined by it. So you're fine. You'll, you think uh, so? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think Why so. will they be ruined? Well, I mean, I do think that I, uh, currently there are lots of fires uh, happening yeah, more yeah. than normal. There yeah, are, right. like, sure, hurricanes. Right. More. Here's the thing is, like, I don't have a record of all, you know, I haven't, right. I'm not I'm not the scientist, <laughs> but I do believe the scientists. Like, you know, I, uh, you see, like, Bill Nye on. Oh, uh, please don't call him a scientist. I mean. <laughs> He is a science guy. Yeah, I know. He's a mechanical engineer. Uh, he's not a scientist. He's more like, a scientist than I am. No, he's not. He's a lot smarter than he is. Oh, I uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I don't know where I don't know how to how to argue this. I'm like uh, yeah. I am not smart. <laughs> no, I am not I'm an idiot yeah. compared to Bill Nye. Uh, he, he's kind of gone off the rails. What's his problem? A little bit, yeah. I get, I mean, I think it's that the uh, the Earth is on fire is one of his things. But uh, I do. I I mean, yeah, parts of it certainly. Um, <laughs> well, that's you know, that's China and Africa and India's problem. Man. And California. And, and California. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, you can hope for something not. I and I do. Th- it is. It's true that the. Uh, it's interesting that what like part of the problem is that there's fires, but part of the problem is that you know the if the glaciers melt, then the uh, the waters will rise. So that hopefully will at least help some of the fires. Yeah. I feel yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. if there's water everywhere, then there can't be fires. Hey, I have a question. Yes. If the earth gets warmer, wouldn't plants be even healthier and therefore kick out more CO2? Are I mean, you, oxygen, I'm sorry, breathe more CO2 and, and kick out more oxygen? I think uh, if there are fewer plants because of the fires, though, but then, then that's yeah. a problem. You have, to, you have to count, yeah, if there's a, a, a yin and yang of this. I heard a guy argue this once ago, because it was Bill Nye, as a matter of fact. Okay. Bill Nye, he said, if we don't watch out by, I would say by 2030, 2035 at the latest, it's going to be four degrees warmer than it is today. And the guy said, 
So basically in Minneapolis, that means we'll have Des Moines weather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was his not. big argument. Or even Austin, Minnesota. Yeah, even Austin, Minnesota is warmer. Yeah, I guess the argument needs to be different for cold places. It really does. Yeah. I would say this, yeah. that I, you would love to see everybody live a really clean life. That would be wonderful. And I'm very serious about that. Yeah, I, I don't want my grandchildren to be poisoned, obviously. It, it just, I, I just, they have to be honest where all the plastic in the ocean's coming from. It's not here. You know, so if we, we have to have a global reach in this thing, not mm-hmm. just a United, reach in the United States, because we're. Well, I, that's true. But with my uh, new job, I've noticed college age uh, generation. Are the worst recyclers. There's no question about that. God, they don't recycle anything. Yeah. Every time I go to a Mother Earth Run or one of those deals, there's plastic bottles everywhere. It's <laughs> like, know. what are you doing? They don't recycle anything. They don't recycle anything. You're right. That is true. But then they're the first to get in your face about global warming. They said, the other and I just I mean, want to go, well, go and recycle save something. Save the sea turtles. <laughs> Catherine and I just drove up from West Palm Beach to Minneapolis a, a few weeks ago. And when you drive through the United States like that, you cannot believe how beautiful it is. I mean, my God, whether it's the mountains and all the forests everywhere and the, you know, the, like in Kentucky, there are these rolling hills and fields. It's just, what a beautiful country. You don't want to mess with that. I agree with that completely. You don't want to poison everybody. You know, you know it's just. I just don't think Bill Nye's the guy, is all I'm saying. That's, it's true that there are many other scientists who are not Bill Nye who also, yeah. you know, there is a consensus no, 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 yeah, that yeah, there are yeah. things that, you know, maybe there's some things that can't be done. And there's, like, the idea, that the fact that recycling, I feel like, isn't, we used to send all of our, like, you know, garbage or recycling things to mm-hmm. China, and they're like, no thank you anymore. And so we are, cont- at, at some point, we will see, like, a buildup of non-biodegradable things, yeah. uh, you know, like new mountains new like maybe i guess that's the thing we'll just have to make like a new mount rush more just out of, <laughs> out of plastic <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Yeah. why do they still sell plastic bottles uh i mean i i, I don't get that cost I, it has to be cost i suppose mm-hmm. so Shipping it's all cost. about making money again it yeah, does seem that way it's really really unfortunate we're just trying to, what we're doing right now is having a discussion about the Earth's climate, so you'll get in a laughing mood to go see Mike tonight. Oh, yeah, everything is horrible. Please come and forget about it for a little while. Yeah. I, I'm going to do what I can. From yeah. Oh, God, why are, why are we doing this? Uh, what, what can I do to help? Nothing, just laugh. <laughs> we will be right back in a couple minutes more with Mike Kaplan. He is at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30 both nights. Right back with the family. <laughs> It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. <laughs> God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced contour laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Wait, which one is it? Yes. What is it? Uh, <laughs> let's kick it. I don't think I ever heard him Queen? say, I haven't even heard Remy Malik say, let's kick it. It is so funny when this comes on at a bar or a club, every white guy gets out on the floor and thinks, that, you know, he's Dr. Dre and gets out there and sings and dances to it. It's hilarious. Sings and dances to this. Oh, yeah, this is the, the white guy. Guy rap an- anthem for sure. Oh, it is. Oh yeah. It is. Other, are there oh, a lot yeah. of white rappers? I don't even know. Eminem. Uh, there's a couple. Oh, Eminem, the Beastie yeah. Boys. Beastie Boys. <laughs> Arguably, that's them. Isn't Drake white? <laughs> I I don't know. Drake. Drake. I yeah. think he's too white of, to me. I think isn't he part Jewish too? Uh, I don't. Yeah. He's Canadian, isn't he? Is yeah. that the guy that's Canadian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's all so. sorts of things. He, yeah, that's why he's so universally accepted. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Especially and by people of the Jewish faith, I'm sure. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. I accept. Oh, I'm a fan. Well, we, we'll take all the people who who don't uh, not want to be Jews. <laughs> oh, God. As long as you don't not want to be one, come on in to Judaism. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Welcome to Jewmart, everyone. Jewmart? I would love to shop at Jewmart. Oh, uh, I now... I'm happy to hear more about this. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah. you threw it out. I think oh, if yes. we opened, you and I could open Jew Mart. Yes. You would be the Jew, I'll be the Mart. Oh, yeah. I accept. I was, uh, before we came in, we were, uh, Ali was walking out, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you told me that he had told you that you had a racist face. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and I, I wanted to add uh, the that it means that he doesn't think that you are a racist person because you don't, if somebody is being racist, yeah, then you wouldn't yeah. say, I think it's your face that, <laughs> yeah, it's more your brain argument. and heart. Yes. And, uh, you know, the content of your character is racist. Yeah. We were yeah. just talking content to your character. Martin exactly. Luther King Jr., my favorite quote ever. Oh, yeah. I love that quote. That guy has a lot of great quotes. Oh, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, that guy has, what is he, he's most famous for, like, having a calendar full of quotes. I think yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 365 yeah. days of MLK. Yeah, yeah he's, exactly right. I haven't said that many good things yet. I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Following in his footsteps. I hope, I do hope to have a calendar. I have a dream that I'll have a calendar someday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Calendar. Oh, you mean yeah. like a desk wow. calendar with your page back? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that I, what could be better? As soon that? as I've said 365 things that are worth seeing. Yeah, look out, Far Side. One a day, yeah. Remember those Far Side? Oh, yeah. Far Side calendar, that's right. <laughs> Might all be called the Near Side. You don't even have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Near Front. You reminded me of a cartoon. It was Gary Larson. That was Far Side, wasn't it? That's I right. So, yeah. It was Gary Larson. Mm-hmm. 
when he's got cows grazing and all that stuff, and then they stand up and smoke cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Well, car coming. They go back and graze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is pretty damn Those funny. Those were the funny. They were so simple and funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I'll, I'll do for my calendar, I'll just sample Gary Larson. <laughs> I'll, I'll just add a little bit of a squiggle, you know, and be like, it's totally different. He's Everyone's yes, doing it. These are bison. <laughs> bison smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> That would be funny to take to I go through every one of Gary Larson's cartoons and just change something that is not at all important to the comedy. That would be great. See, now that I like a lot. Thank That's you. Where That's where humor should be. We've got great right ideas. Yeah. We do. And the racist face. Great <laughs> idea. The racist face. That could be the show. Can I do the voiceovers for Jumark? Oh, uh, you have to. Please come into Jumark. Mike won't be here on Saturday. Oh, yeah. That'd be phenomenal. Yes. Come on in on Saturday and. Don't see Mike. <laughs> Don't see if Mike. If you want to avoid. Yeah. It would be, it'd be a good, it's good for Jews to team up with non-Jews so the store can be open the whole time. Yeah. That's true. Because yeah, then you're going to shut it down. Plus, in fact, if you do come in, then I could be the Shabbos Goy and I could open a door for you. Oh, absolutely. It'd be phenomenal. You just have to yeah, just read my, I'll be like, all right, just just walking, nothing, nothing, nothing to do. No, you, nothing. Yeah. Hey, it's dark over here. Let me get that for you, Mr. Yeah. Benny. Yeah. <laughs> You might be too young for that reference. Never mind. Uh, but in any case. Yes. I, <laughs> yes. yes do, you, I do you find it harder? Well, you've never been all that political in your humor anyway. Go on. <laughs> but it's got to be hard for some of those people that, to do comedy now because I don't think anybody laughs. You know, what were we just talking to Ali about? What was the... Uh, what, what did he brought, bring up? That, oh, if you mentioned Trump, just the <laughs> word Trump. Your audience just goes away. Mm. They don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's uh, well. Here's the thing: is I think the goal for I mean, different comedians have different goals. Yeah, Some, yeah. I, I, and I think the truth is that most people, like if you if you achieve six, like the most success, mm-hmm. then you will draw to you audiences that want to hear you, that want to hear right. your views and what you have to say. And so there could be like you know maybe a danger then that you're simply preaching to your own choir of whatever whatever viewpoints mm-hmm. that you have. Uh, but also that's all any of us can do is you know be ourselves and share our experience and, you know, look outside, look within and be like, well, here's what I see in the world outside me. Here's what I see within myself. And then ideally you you can share, you know, unique stories about your own life that are potentially universalizable, you know, like Mike Birbiglia is great. Uh, I saw his newest, like one, one person show on Broadway and he's talking about his own experience with, you know, having a child and becoming a father and, you know, his experiences aren't the same. Like I don't even have a child, but I can still, you know, you can watch somebody else be like oh it's like you can empathize you can see and so whether it's uh, a personal thing or i feel like every political thing deep down is a personal thing like because even yeah, yeah, it, it's all just stand-ins for you're like i can't believe that you know these people are you know like putting children in cages i can't believe that these people are you know tra- right. doing whatever every most people want what want everyone would want everyone to be like happy and content and like productive and successful. Like yep. most reasonable people want that, and there's different people. 
people disagree on, you know, like, well, let's start with me. Let's start with my family. Let's start with my town. Let's start mm-hmm. with my state, my my religion, my country, my party, my this group of people. Right, you know, right. it's weird that when they're like, you know, pro-life people threatening to kill pro-choice people. I know. That makes no sense to me. But, you know. And, and so and but obviously everything is coming from a place of hopefully deep down, you know, careful, like, hey, I don't want. None of us want anyone to die unnecessarily, and certainly yes. not innocent people. Like, but then the question is, how do you how do you get there? And so, I mean, in my comedy now, I am striving to some of what I'm talking about in the in the sets that I'm doing this weekend. Uh, the show is called All Killing Aside, and it's about uh, <laughs> kindness with an emphasis on I not murdering. And it. essentially, like I'm a I, I talk about how I'm a I'm a guy who uh, doesn't I wouldn't want to murder anybody, but like some of the choices are. You know, in life, like, well, what do you got? What if they're gonna? What if they're gonna kill you? Would you kill? Like, but if everybody is acting on the idea of like, oh, what if they're gonna kill me? I better kill them first. Then a lot more people get killed than necessary. If everyone's just like, uh, maybe I won't kill anyone. If uh, you know, and obviously this is not a choice that every human being makes on a daily basis. Right. But right. but in some ways, you know, all of our choices do. You know, are you going to be like? Are you going to be kind to a person? Are you going to, like, you know, if you've had a bad day, maybe you pay that forward. If you've had a good day, maybe you pay that forward. Uh, and the goal can try to be, hopefully, to see things from other people's perspectives and be like, oh, if that person was mean to me, maybe it's because they had a bad childhood. Maybe it's because right. they had a bad day. Maybe because something happened at their job or their, you know, in their relationship or in their family. Like, because there's things like that for us. You know, if I'm hungry, I might argue with my girlfriend more than I, like, sometimes. Right. We'll have, we'll be, she'll, she'll sense a tone and I'll be like, she'll and she'll be like, when is the last time that you've eaten? I'm like, there's nothing to, this is nothing to do with that. But also it was a very long time ago. So uh, <laughs> yeah, great. I will eat something, but I'm sure that I will still feel very strongly about whatever I'm talking about. As soon as I have this bite, I'm okay. You know that you, amazing you, you were right. Point. Yeah. And this is true. Cause I do, I do go through this myself. Because I'm pretty much a, a very centrist person, mm-hmm. you know. I don't see the far right or the far left. I don't. They don't make any sense to me at all. Neither one of them. Now, my mother was a Democrat. I know people that are Republican. I don't have any problems with Democrats or Republicans. It's just the psychos on the far ends of it, right? But what I run into a lot is um, very progressive people think I'm Rush Limbaugh, and Rush Limbaugh-like people think I'm basically the devil. So you can't win. You know, unless you agree with everything, either the far left or the far right says, then you're you're the enemy. And I don't understand why. Wouldn't you remember back in the day when you wanted to befriend someone, you were nice to them, and you didn't push them out of the way? If you really want to get along with everybody in the world, why would you treat anyone like that? You know what I mean? Well, I think I mean the thing that I've been learning recently is that as a you know as a white person, as a man, as a straight person, like we've been like living in a society that has basically been like go like you everything's sort of built for you, you know, like we we say he, you know, ordinarily like you know yeah, God right. is a he, and like it just right. in writings, you know, you know if a person does whatever he wants, you know, like that was right, it's sort right. of just that's what's set up as the structures of society, and we don't even we didn't even know that growing, we were just like in my family. 
family. People are just like, you're the best. And society's just like, you're the, yeah. you can do anything. Go for it. Whereas there are other people that have had that. Now, now we're learning, you know, from the, one of the uh, sort of the double edge of social media is you can hear from tons of people that you don't want to hear. But you can also yeah. hear from tons of people that are like, oh, wow, like your experience was clearly very different yeah. than mine, whether you're a different race or class or gender or sexual orientation. And so there are people like I know for myself that like I have I was raised by a family that had had a house and my parents were teachers there was always food right. and like just learning that there are people that don't have that you know at some point you learn that and you're like oh I have obviously I have my ups and downs and my problems every day but some of those problems are not as horrible you know if if you have a broke if somebody has a broken leg and they're like my leg really hurts and then you've never broken your leg and you're like well I had my leg hurt a lot once <laughs> is it like that my yeah and I feel like there are people that you know yeah. a lot, some people understand that and some people haven't had enough experience with people who have different experiences to even understand like the kinds of troubles that different types of people are facing and they're like well what about my troubles and like of course nobody right, wants right. your troubles to not be addressed uh, but like I heard on a podcast, somebody discussing like uh, a family member who didn't understand what why Black Lives Matter was an important thing to express, and the, and a black person called in and said, "Well, I think it's that you know because like when you want save the whales is a thing people save say, the save yeah. the whales, and you don't say save the the dogs, save no, the ponies no, right. because they're not." endangered you don't they're, mm -hmm. we're not saying that it's not important to treat dogs and ponies right. nicely but right. like they're already okay but you know mm -hmm. in this country that it's we've had a history of pe treating people of color in a certain way and uh we still need to address that acknowledge it and at, at least acknowledge that that right. has been so and is continuing to be so one thing i will tell you the only difference i have there from my own experience is uh, poor people are all treated poorly. That's true. White people, black people, whatever. If you're poor, you're going to be treated like dirt. Mm -hmm. No one will believe. Like I grew up a very poor kid. My mother raised seven seven kids by herself. My dad was institutionalized. So, you know, we had nothing. I lived in 43 different houses by the time I was 25 years old, right? White people do not believe that. They will not believe that I that, that we had nothing to eat. My mother worked, you know, 18 hours a day. They will not, because white people don't do that. You know what I mean? Which, which is another yeah. side of, of the racist coin. And no doubt about it. Like, yeah, people have expectations about what a white person is, what a black person is, what no their doubt. experiences are. And also, even on top of that, I'm sure that, you know, a poor black person is, like, still more likely to be, you know, murdered by the police than a poor white person. Like, though, even though poor people are certainly more likely to be in trouble as well. Like, oh, yeah. So yeah, class oh, yeah. and race are not the same thing, but certainly they you know, no, intersect right. for even more problems. Well, the great thing for black people now is they're able to fall asleep in a studio. <laughs> I'm not asleep. <laughs> He's just listening to a I'm white person not. talk about things that he doesn't know about. No, I was, I was about to say that being around poor white people as a poor black person growing up, they treat each other badly. Too. They do. Absolutely. They don't understand. That's the whole deal. You can't possibly be living like that because you're white. It's like, right. no, yeah. that's not that, true at you all. You hear that from black comics all the time. It's like, yeah, I saw this poor white guy. 
that ain't supposed to happen. <laughs> well, it's not supposed to happen, I guess. Yeah, right. I mean, on a grand scale, uh, none of it's supposed <laughs> to happen. None of it's supposed but, to happen. But there are certainly uh, rich people and, you know, mostly at the top of the of the food chain in our country today, mostly rich white people uh, who are in, you know, who all want uh, to maintain the structure. Like, it's the 1%. Yeah. It's weird that the 1% is, uh, you know, convinces everyone else, like, hey, if you're a millionaire someday, you don't want people taking your taxes right so you might as right, well right. vote to keep the super duper you know if you make one day you might make more than 10 million dollars a year and right. you don't want people to take uh any money beyond that like a lot of it you know so right, you so right. make it so that we can keep it which obviously keeps the whole but it's like there's 99 i feel like we should be able to vote that down because there's 99 of us for every one of the one percenters yeah, i mean no, they're, they're, you might be one of them right. so i'm not sure but uh, I, no, I have not. hey I mean, in the world, uh, I learned that it's around like thirty-three, thirty-one thousand dollars. If you make more than thirty-one thousand dollars a year, thirty-three thousand dollars a year in the world, that's the one percent yes, of the that, world. Yes, so true. compared to you know, like you can always zoom out further and further. But yeah, in in America, uh, not me. <laughs> It'd be the greatest thing in the world. I just pictured a couple of friends of mine who'd done rather well, both African American, and they would have said. Man, I make that much in a week. Ha. <laughs> so, you know. No, I agree with you. There, we do have to take a very quick break, but oh, there's, sure. a, there's a guy out right now. I believe he's from India, and I think his last name is Mahmoud. I can't remember his name, but he is, he is talking about the fact that all these very wealthy progressives are the ones that are holding black people back. And hmm. it's pretty much what you're saying. It's like, oh, well, take care of me now, and then we'll worry about you later. It's kind of what you're talking about, but that would be conservatives and progressives, both. We'll be right back in two minutes. More of my cap after this. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had great success following the Nutramost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days. But more importantly, I know how to keep it off. That's great. What makes Nutramost different from all of those other programs out there? In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutramost wellness program. And collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutramos is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutramos free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, June 4th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramos guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutramos dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337.
24. Uh, that's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, who was it that guessed you were, uh, you were 23? Oh, that was um, last week. Oh, uh, John. Oh, you hit the post. You hear that? She hit the vocal. Pretty good. I can't remember, but somebody thought she was 23 years old. Oh, DeVito? Anthony? Oh, yeah, DeVito. That's yeah. who it was. Yeah. Anthony oh, it was Anthony DeVito. That's yeah. Who. yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, John was on two weeks ago, and he's the one that thought you were 23 as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, as I get older, which is all the time. All the time. Uh, yeah. as, I don't know if you guys get older like me, but uh, I do it about a day every day. And uh, But the question of, like, you know, you can – obviously, when you were, you know, a kid, everyone who was older looked, you know, looked older. Like, sometimes yes. I, I talk to kids, and I'm like, how old do you think I am? And some of them are like 16, you know, and like, cause that's old to them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's old to them. That's and, funny. Or some of them guess closer to it. And then the other ones think that's funny. But like, so the question of when you guess someone's age, I think it's important to say like how old you are as well. Cause if you're like, if I'm like, I'm this age and I'm guessing that you're younger than I am, or if mm-hmm. I'm guessing that you're older because it could, you know, you don't want to insult somebody. That's why I always just guess, uh, 24 oh, because, no. uh, 20, I, I forget who, the, who gave, I feel like it might've been Henry Phillips. I don't know if you guys know. Henry Phillips, yeah, wonderful comedian. I yep. think it was he might have a joke about this, but I, I really think it's a good idea that he gave me that like he's like whenever a woman wants you to guess her age, guess twenty four. Because if she's younger, that'll make her she'll be like, Oh, that's nice. Like I'm mature, I'm like mature, I'm yeah. I'm an adult, I'm a I'm a grown woman. But like, you know, if a woman's closer to thirty, oh I'm twenty four, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, you know? No, yeah, absolutely. As long as the woman's not, you know, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, even then then, <laughs> then I would guess 24. Yeah, yeah. twenty I think twenty four, right? Twenty five? Yeah. Somewhere in there. Oh, you're a lawyer, so you must have gotten some yeah. 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 <laughs> probably closer to 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one of the funniest things ever, Andy and Alex, uh, Catherine and I went to Washington, D.C., went in the Supreme Court room, and it's so hilarious because there are nine chairs, and there are eight of them here, and then one's up here ah. <laughs> because she's that tiny. Oh, yes. Her chair, honest God, is like three feet higher than everybody else's. RBG. That's all I know. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll just say if you think I'm 24, I thank you for that compliment. You got it. I am older than that. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I understand you had to have a child who's almost 15, so I just assume yeah. you got started at nine. And uh, <laughs> as is going to be the law in this country today, that if you get yes. pregnant at nine, you must keep going. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I reckon, have you seen the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary? It's yeah. fantastic. Yep. I love it so I much. Have seen it. Yeah, she did a lot of work. She and did she a lot of work. Still is. The youngest mother ever born. Or Ever to give birth was, was nine. nine. Yeah, she was nine. Oh, yeah. God. how could you? Oh, and it was incest, wasn't it? Uh, well, they don't really know because oh, you know, nine-year-old gets pregnant <clears throat> in a third-world country. Well, not that's a whole true. Third-world uh, country. Not a whole know. lot of things being written down at the time, especially. Although, so. do you think Methuselah really was nine hundred years old, or do you think <laughs> they just had the a man. bad calendar? I, I never <laughs> met the man. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll go on record and say I don't believe he was 900 of our years old. I don't believe that either. It's just the way things are. But so actually, uh, no. What you were just discussing in the second segment there, sure. would you talk about those things on stage? Uh, yeah, I I do Good. my best to talk about you know the things that I think are important that I mm-hmm. care about uh, in ways that I I endeavor to make. Obviously, uh, as a comedian. <clears throat> 
funny, but and also to be true to myself and to ideally not, you know, I, not that I'm trying to not offend people. Like there's certainly no, anything there's there. You can't you can't adjust like, you know, who you are as a person to be like, well, if I say sometimes I, you know, I'll swear. And there are people who don't like that. You know, they're yeah, uh, if, yeah, I'll do it if, if I think it's, you know, important or if it's part of the thing that I'm saying or to make a point like I do, I try not to do anything, uh, you know, like unnecessarily, mm-hmm. you know, I want to I want to say the things that I think are important and funny and true to me. And then hopefully reach people who, you know, either like I'll talk about, let's say, like veganism, because I've been vegan for a long time uh, in a way that I, I've you know grown up in a world that's mostly in a, in a culture, in a society that's mostly not vegan. So most of my audiences are majority not vegan. So that does, you know, shape how I like the first joke I wrote about it, I think, was like, I am a vegetarian. Are there any douchebags here? You know, like any other <laughs> any I others? Yeah. That, yeah. And so because I understand, like, it's not that the perception is the most important thing but you know if i want to connect with people like right. I, I understand that one of the things that people think about vegans is that they're you know annoying and arrogant and always in your face and trying to make you be vegan and telling you right. and those are all accurate but what i wanted to say <laughs> it, you know to, to sort of acknowledging that but being like i i'm doing this for me and also for you know what i think is the best way that i want to live in the world you know, not causing unnecessary harm if I can avoid doing that. But then if I can write jokes that uh, that reach people that are like, oh, I, you know, like we were talking about, if people expect me to be a certain way because I'm a vegan, like right. y- there's this, you know, the old classic joke of uh, how do you know someone's a vegan? They'll tell you. Like, <laughs> well, uh, that's true. And here's the thing that is, I feel like uh, carnivores tell you, wh- there's way more carnivores <laughs> that have been like, I eat meat, you know, so it's like. Oh, and, they're big on that, yeah. yeah. Everyone. Oh, yeah. It's a very human thing to speak about your experience. So, yeah. and especially like the same way that you know society is you know predominantly like our society is there's mostly white people. So you don't have to go around being like I'm white, I'm white, I'm white. Like that's just I do it anyway. yeah, of course. And that's that's maybe part of the problem. That's that's your <laughs> that's just, your racist face talking. Yeah, <laughs> that's all, that's part one. Of the problem. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So I'm white. Nice to meet you. Like that. Yeah, why right. why not? You know. Right. I mean, it's but obviously. Obviously, like, you know, there's gay pride parades, uh, mm-hmm. and when I think it's a, a certain kind of a straight person that sort of obliviously says, well, why isn't there a straight pride parade? Well, because every parade, every day, every life is a straight pride parade. It's, so that's why the, per, right. the people who have an experience that is being, like, silenced and that's not being amplified by the larger uh, society in general, like, that's, that's, oh, like, it's not that every, like, when people are like, gay people are everywhere now, it's like, gay people are, like, now uh, feel more comfortable and safe because being like, oh, I'm I'm also here, you know. Right. Like, there's still ninety right. something percent of the of most people, as far as we know, are uh, not gay. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, now now I that we but we used yeah. to not hear from any of them. So no, now now right. we're hearing three, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's three way more. more. Three more yeah, yeah. So yeah, my goal is to you know. I mean, sometimes when I started out doing comedy, I talked about like just sort of you don't know what you're doing at all. So you're just like anything that you say that's funny about anything. You're like, well, I guess I, I got. To do this, uh, but now, now that I've been doing it for 17 years, I'm like, oh, I don't have to. I can talk about whatever I want to and try to make mm-hmm. those things funny. And so I'm, I'm endeavoring to talk about things that I think are more important. See, I think that's one. Do you think? And I've I've had this opinion for a while now. When you look at movies that come to theaters, you look at TV shows now, most radio, all the rest of it. 
Do you think that, that stand-up comedy might be the last bastion of, of clear thinking and not appealing to morons? Uh, I I think that uh, I don't know if I'd put it that way, you but think yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. the thing about stand up that is, I think, that lends itself to this is that you you don't have a boss, you don't have right. anybody right. that you have to run things by. You can, you know, it is unfiltered, pure your thoughts, uh, your ideas, your mm-hmm. jokes, and there might be people who are trying to, let's say, pander to you know certain right. demographics or like say specific things. But I'd say you know the after somebody's been doing comedy for years and years and you know figured out who they are and what they want to say and developed uh you know their their place in in the greater like comedy landscape and in the world uh i feel like that is yeah nobody can even in order for like somebody to get in trouble like for saying a thing right. they have to have been famous enough that people are paying attention they have right. to have ha- if you're losing a job because of something you say you had a job if you're losing millions of dollars you had millions of dollars right. like so most of the time like if i say something and people are like hey i'm like well you know like what <laughs> you can't take millions of dollars from me cuz i don't have it you know it's amazing how the world has changed we're sitting around the other night and i'm literally scrolling through through the television to see, and there's nothing to watch because it's like, you know, this is a nonstick pan for a half an hour. I, I don't get it. But I landed on the Beverly Hillbillies, mm. which was a TV show in the early 60s. Sure. And you forget, because on the very first episode of the Beverly Hillbillies, they strike oil and Mr. Drysdale gets them to move out to, to Beverly Hills and they think the house he put them in is a prison. Because I've never seen a huge gate and a big house like that. Oh, they think yeah. they're in prison. But uh, the cops show up and they're going to, because they don't think the Clampets are dressed well enough to be in Beverly Hills. And Mr. Drysdale comes out and said, You'll have to understand, this is the Clampet family. They're one of the richest families in America. They're worth $25 million. Ha. I'm like, whoa. Wow. That's how much the world has changed in 56 years. Oh, yeah. $25 million, you were one of the richest families in America. It's like what? It's like it's yeah. It's like Austin Powers, you know, Doctor Evil asking for. Well, actually, just watched a movie that uh, some a family member recommended called uh, Quick Change. It was a Mm -hmm. like a a heist, a bank robbery movie comedy in 1990 where Bill Murray plays like a clown that robs a bank. Oh yeah. And uh, and Gina Davis and uh, Randy Quaid are also in the movie. And so like. That we watch this movie. It's it's funny. It's uh, but it's one of the things of its time. The amount that they stole from the bank that they're trying to get away with for three people to live like on a desert island. It mm-hmm. seemed, unless I misunderstood, is one million dollars that three people. I mean, and, and they're all if you thirties or forties, depending where you're living, you know, and for, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Who can say? But uh, yeah, it's uh, the. Man, it's totally different. It's complete. I don't even. What is a rich person in America? I don't even know. I mean, an average Some, rich person in someone America. With friends. Someone with friends. <laughs> yes, I'm rich with friendship. Thank you very much. I have friendship and a racist face. <laughs> and all covered everything. I still think I gotta. I gotta talk to you. You have a racist face. Well, thank you. But you do have a point. Yeah. If he thought I was really a racist, he wouldn't have said that to me. Oh no, he would have been scared. <laughs> well, he wouldn't have come around you. Yes. Probably. Yeah, I probably would have. He's a nice kid. Very, very smart young guy. I, but I, I do think that you guys have to hang on. You men and women in comedy have to hang on forever because it's about the last place you're going to hear any honesty. 
They, people are just not honest anymore. I think that the the good one of the good things about both comedy and then also sort of all the different sort of channels that you know and avenues for you know like TV shows, podcasts, right. web series. Like, and by the way, you said you were scrolling through the TV, couldn't find anything. I don't know if you've heard of there's like streaming services that you can choose exactly what you want I to watch at any time. Please, but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I, it is it is nice for somebody to just magically give you a thing that you want without even looking for it. But uh, right. the the fact that there are so many like so many shows like on Hulu and Amazon Prime and, you know, even just YouTube that, like, there are, like, it's not like, obviously, 50 years ago, there were three channels and everybody watched the same basic things. Like, now there's, you can't watch all the things, which is kind of, you get to decide what you want to watch. I've watched, uh, I've been watching this new show, Rami, uh, which is about, you know, Muslim stand-up comedian on Hulu and Shrill. Like, Hulu's got some good shows. And uh, there's, like, there are, I think, so many, the, the more... You know, honest and you know, unique and sort of like just people with different voices expressing their ideas. They are, they exist, and there's yeah, there's more of them yeah. being heard, but they're not being as amplified to everyone because yeah. right now, still the power structures are still kind of in place from before at like the big networks where they're like, you know, when Will and Grace became a show, the people are like, "Will can people see two different kinds of gay people? <laughs> like, is America ready for it?" And like, there still are, you know, there still yeah. are homo. Homophobic people. There still are racist people. Like we, like we are all still, you know, as white people, like benefiting from and contributing to uh, white supremacy. You know, in ways that we're not even aware of all the time. I suppose that is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, like if you're like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm aware of everything, but uh, like we all, I mean, that's 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 where we, that's where I came from as well. I'm like, I think I'm my parents raised me to be a nice person. I care about people. I do what I want. Like I, I earn things, and uh, you know, but we're all a part of you know a system that like we didn't create, and like in some ways, where you were born, who you were born, how you were oh, born, yeah, huge. and then <laughs> where you went along the way, all of like you didn't control all of those things, like no. that, and where so it's I'm. I'm grateful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's nice to have you here. And I, the whole time you were saying that, I was thinking, I wonder if Mike could get along with Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it depends on the circumstances, I suppose. <laughs> what did he say last week? He said, uh, I, I don't believe Jews are evil, evil but some of them are satanic. Yeah. <laughs> well, satanic and evil... <laughs> Kind of the same thing. Yeah, they go hand in hand. I guess I would have to sit down with him and ask him uh, for a a description of the discrepancies between. (laughs) uh, Like, what what do your terms mean exactly? (laughs) I mean, I do I do sincerely think like you know every once in a while on Facebook like I'll put you know a joke, a political thought, an idea, and sometimes you know people will respond who don't agree with me, and I'll have sometimes like a respectful back and forth. Sometimes online, the anonymity makes it I think so that people will say. Sometimes people will say things about me that they don't think I'm going to see. And then when I'm like, hey, and they're like, oh, God, I didn't even know that, you know, when when they now, they're like, oh, you're a human being. But when, <laughs> oh, they didn't realize that. When yeah, you suppose, sit down yeah. with, when you are face-to-face with somebody, most people, I think, you know, will engage. Like, you know, there could be a lot of things that you disagree right, with about right. people, but hopefully you at least agree. You're like, well, we're, we're here right now, and we're both, you know, we're both made of the same basic materials. Mm. We're, our, our brains, our bodies, like 
humans are, you know, we're like 97% the same as a banana, I think. So, like, Pretty certainly. And you know that number. Yeah. Human beings as compared to bananas. You're the most banana. Uh, yes. But, yeah, but as human beings, we're, you know, genetically nearly identical one to another. We all, like, I was just reading uh, this, I forget what, oh, yeah, I, re- I read these, like, Buddhist books each morning, and they talk about, you know, the similarities that people have is, like, every person wants, you know, less suffering for themselves and more joy and that's what we, that's a thing that we all have in common and if you're a person that's like I want less joy then great you have it you know but uh, it's a lot but if you can un- if everyone we can understand that like you know that's what you want you want joy for yourself right. and your loved ones right. and then beyond that and you want less suffering for yourself and everyone that's what we all want that's what all reasonable people all most human beings want so if you're sitting talking to somebody and you can hopefully keep that in mind you know it, obviously you can uh and not make any changes in the world. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, two shows. Tomorrow night, two shows at Acme, Mike Kaplan. Great to see you, sir. Thank you so much for having it's me. It's always a pleasure. As always. We'll talk to you on Tuesday with the family. <laughs> 